what could have been the greatest season in Philadelphia Eagles history and quite possibly the greatest season in Philadelphia sports history ended in heartbreaking fashion in Super Bowl 57, 38-35 to Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. This was a tale of two halves. Things looked great for the Philadelphia Eagles, up 10 going into the locker room, and everything changed. We're going to talk about it all. Roll the intro. This is the Legal Hands to the Face podcast with Bill Calarulo. Welcome back. Welcome back, guys. I would be lying if I didn't tell you I wanted to crawl up into a ball and go back into my bed and not come out for days, possibly weeks. This is hard. This is heartbreaking. I don't think this is a loss that us as Philadelphia Eagles fans will ever get over. This is one of those losses that will haunt us forever. An unbelievable season with a heartbreaking conclusion. And this was not a team that was not as good as the team that beat us. You know, if you get beat by a better team, you can live with that. The Eagles were the better team. And for exactly 30 minutes last night, through the first and the second quarter, they showed us that they were a better team. The Eagles outcoached the Kansas City Chiefs in the first half. They outplayed the Kansas City Chiefs in the first half. They were a more disciplined team. They played tighter defense. They dominated the time of possession. And everything changed after Rihanna's halftime performance. Not blaming Rihanna, but that extended Super Bowl halftime gave Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy an opportunity to make adjustments that the Eagles just couldn't match. But let's take a look at that first half. Nick Sirianni, our fiery two-year head coach, was out coaching the soon-to-be Hall of Famer Andy Reid. In a 7-7 game, Andy Reid made what I thought was going to be a decision that lost him that game. It was fourth and three from the Eagles' 24-yard line. Tie game, 7-7. Andy Reid, not aggressive, chooses to kick a field goal, and his field goal kicker, Harrison Buckner, misses it. The Eagles come right back, and they score a beautiful touchdown on that long pass from Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown to go up 14-7. And we're going to talk more about Jalen Hurts in a second because this was not all negative. What that young man did last night was impressive, but we'll talk about that soon. So the Eagles go up 14-7. Kansas City then comes out, and our defense stops them three and out. Eagles are getting the ball back up 14-7. And really, the probably only negative of that first half occurred. That tragic, unfortunate freak fumble where the ball just looks like it falls out of Jalen Hurts' hands. We've talked all week, and I say it over and over again, you have to protect the ball, especially against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you do turn it over, you can't let it lead to points. Well, this was a double whammy. Fumble, scoop and score, seven points the other way. But the Eagles overcame that. It was a 14-14 game, and they answer right back. After that fumble, the Eagles go on a 12-play, 75-yard drive, and this is where Sirianni, being the more aggressive coach, was out coaching Andy Reid. Fourth and five from midfield, he dials up a run, and Hurts takes it long into the Chiefs' red zone. It's then fourth and two from the nine. Sirianni says, go for it again. This time, Hurts 
gets the Kansas City Chiefs defense to jump, making it a first down, getting a touchdown and going up 21-14. Again, we've seen it time and time again with Andy Reid, bad clock management. What happened at the end of the first half? The Chiefs get the ball with two minutes and 20 seconds left. Andy Reid goes three and out. The Eagles get the ball back with only a minute and 20. They drive right down the field, and they're able to pick up another three points right before half. That's what good teams do. Good teams put up points at the end of the half, and the Eagles did it. Going into the locker room, up 10, 24-14. Only one Super Bowl team in history has ever lost a Super Bowl when going into the locker room up 10, and it was that epic collapse by the Atlanta Falcons to the New England Patriots. Well, unfortunately, the Eagles are now going to be talked about in the same conversation. Because when they went into halftime, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, great coaches were able to make adjustments. They obviously found a weakness in our Eagles defense. They figure out a little trick by doing some short pre-snap motions, and the Eagles had no chance and no answer in that second half. The Chiefs come out, first drive of the game, they drove it right down the field, making it 24-21. The Eagles then get down to the Kansas City 19. So we got the ball back, we're driving. This was, in my opinion, this was the turning point in the game. When I was watching the game, I said to the people I was watching the game with, right after this, the Eagles are going to lose this game. It was bad play calling. The Eagles get the ball down to the Kansas City 19. It's a three-point three game. And this is where I thought Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen started to make mistakes. First down from the 19. They call a passing play. Jalen Hurts gets sacked. Second down from the 19. Another passing play. Incomplete. Third and 11. They have to take a timeout because of a delay getting the play call in. And then third and 11, short pass to Gainwell. They have to settle for a field goal, making it 27-21. If we were able to score in the red zone, it's a 31-21 game. That makes it an entirely different outcome. You now go up 10 again. But by only going up six, it allowed the Kansas City Chiefs, who completely outplayed the Eagles, to keep it within reach, have all the momentum, and now start their offense. And that was something that Jonathan Gannon just couldn't make adjustments to. And when I say a tale of two halves, just listen to some of these statistics. The time of possession in the first half was 22 minutes to eight in favor of the Philadelphia Eagles. In the second half, it was 16 minutes to 14 minutes in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Third down efficiency. In the first half, the Eagles' defense was able to get off the field on third down all three times. The Kansas City Chiefs were 0 for 3 on third down. In the second half, the Kansas City Chiefs went 4 for 5 on third down. And the only third down they didn't convert was the Patrick Mahomes kneel down in preparation for the game-winning field goal. The Philadelphia Eagles could not stop the Kansas City Chiefs in that second half. They had four possessions in the second half, and the Kansas City Chiefs scored on all four. They went touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And on the fourth possession, 
They could have scored a touchdown if they wanted to. Instead, they drained the clock and they kicked the game-winning field goal. You also look at penalties in the second half. Kansas City Chiefs became a real disciplined team. Zero penalties for the Chiefs in the entire second half. The Eagles had three, and we know how costly that last one to James Bradbury was. You know, look, I don't think the ref should have thrown that flag either at that point in the game. Technically, yes, it was a penalty. I didn't like it. I didn't like that it was not you know, a game-changing hold, but it was the, it was the right call technically but I don't think he should have thrown the flag. But regardless, the Chiefs didn't commit a penalty in the second half. The Eagles committed three. But this is the more telling one. Rushing yards. In the first half, the Eagles outrushed the Kansas City Chiefs 87-39. to In the second half, the Kansas City Chiefs outrushed the Philadelphia Eagles 119-28. to a team that is built on the offensive and defensive line. Our success all season long came from our strength on the offensive and defensive lines, and we got utterly dominated in that second half. Dominated. Our offensive line, 28 rushing yards? 28 rushing yards for the best offensive line in the entire damn NFL. Unacceptable. And you give up 119 rushing yards, our defensive line, our defense, one of the number one defenses in the league, 119 in the biggest game of your lives, unacceptable. And let's take a look at that defense. And this is what frustrates me the most about this loss. They had 70 sacks in the regular season, including the sacks they've had in the playoffs. They had the third most sacks in NFL history behind only the 1984 and 1985 Chicago Bears. And what did they do against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes? One of the keys to this game, we all knew it. I said it last week, and everybody knew it. We had to generate pressure on Patrick Mahomes. He is one of the best quarterbacks to play this game. You have to put him under pressure. He's got a hobbled ankle, and we generate zero sacks. Now, Kansas City has a good offensive line. I said that. You know, they have on the left side of that line, they have three pro bowlers. But we're supposed to be great. Our defensive line is supposed to be great. Kansas City may be good. We're supposed to be great. And if you want to be great, great players show up in big moments. And they did not show up in this game. The rushing yards, I gave them to you. They gave up 119 rushing yards in that second half. Kansas City's average rushing yard per play was 6.1. Think about that for a second. 6.1 yards a carry. That's what our defensive line gave up. The Chiefs' defensive line, 3.6 yards a carry. All we could generate with our top offensive line was 3.6 yards a carry, and Kansas City was able to do 6.1. That's why we lost this game. Yeah, we can be frustrated about that holding call at the end of the game, but that is not why the Eagles lost this game. They lost this game because they got dominated on both sides of the ball. And then let's look at our red zone defense. Our red zone defense. The Kansas City Chiefs went four for five in the red zone. 
Now, for those of you who don't know, the red zone is when you get from the 20 and in. That becomes very difficult for an offense because the field is now smaller. We let the Kansas City Chiefs score touchdowns four out of the five times they got into the red zone. And guess what? The only time we didn't let them score a touchdown, we were trying to let them score a touchdown. It was at the end of the game, and the Kansas City Chiefs were smart enough and coached well enough that they went down to run out that clock and kick a field goal. So really, if they wanted to, the Kansas City Chiefs would have been five for five in the red zone. Unacceptable. Now let's look at our defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gadden. I've been a fan of his all year. I have. I know he gets a lot of heat from the fans. I know he gets a lot of heat from the media. People did not necessarily like his style. And I've stuck up for him. But he deserves the criticism he's going to get after this Super Bowl. You are winning this game 24-14 at halftime. You have Patrick Mahomes on an injured ankle. Kansas City has not shown that they are trying to throw the ball down the field. They are dinking and dunking on you. And your front four are not generating any pressure. And we don't do anything differently. We keep bringing the same looks. We don't run any stunts. We don't run any blitzes. We don't press cover. We don't come up to the line to take away some of the short throws. We allowed them to do whatever they wanted to do. What Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy did to Jonathan Gannon's defense in the second half was unbelievable to watch. It hurt as an Eagles fan to watch. But as a football fan, you have to respect the adjustments they made. They not only made subtle adjustments with small little motions. I mean, you saw how how do players score touchdowns like Tony and I'm forgetting the running back's name now from Kansas City, who are just so wide open in the red zone. It shouldn't happen. They were outcoached, and they were outdisciplined, and it was just, as an Eagles fan, it is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking that a season that could have gone down as one of the best ever, and a defense that could have gone down as one of the best ever, this is how we will remember them. And let's talk about our special teams. If this Eagles team had a weakness all year, it was Michael Clay's special teams unit. It was something that we were all worried about, but we hoped this team was good enough to overcome it. But when we talk about football, it's not just an offense and a defense. It is a three-part game, offense, defense, and special teams. And all year, the Philadelphia Eagles special teams has not been that great, and it's something we were just praying wasn't going to come back to haunt us. Well, in the biggest game of the year, Super Bowl 57, our special teams let us down in a big way. We punted the ball two times in Super Bowl 57. The net average yard on those two punts was nine yards. I'm going to repeat that. The net average for our punting in the Super Bowl was nine yards. They allowed Cardarius Tony, a New York Giants cast off, to have the longest punt return in NFL history and take it all the way down to the five-yard line in a 28-27 game in the fourth quarter. Sipos hits a line drive punt 
It's bad coverage. People don't stay in their lanes. Nobody contains. He comes down to the five-yard line. You're basically spotting them points at that time. And then let's look at the turnovers. We talked about it. I think it was a fluke fumble. It falls right out of his hands. Jalen Hurts, who's usually so good at protecting the ball, the ball falls out of his hands. It leads directly to seven points. I'm not happy about it. But what I'm angrier about is that we could not even come close to causing a turnover. We were never even in the proximity of those balls that were being thrown. I mean, I'm not even sure one of Patrick Mahomes' balls got batted down by an eagle last night. We knew the keys of this game was going to be to generate pressure with your defensive line, force Mahomes to make a mistake, and try to get a turnover. They turned the ball over a lot this year, Kansas City. As good as Mahomes is, he threw 12 interceptions this year. This was a team that turned the ball over. We couldn't get anything. And in the Eagles' four losses this year, they turned the ball over now a total of 10 times. They only lost four games this year. One of them was a really big one, Super Bowl 57. And now we've turned the ball over 10 times in those four losses. You cannot win games like that. And this one's going to sting. This one is going to sting. But like I said, the one thing that I come out of this game as a positive is we have a franchise quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. I have been saying it for two years now. I posted a clip earlier on on my Instagram, Legal Hands to the Face, showing what I said about Jalen Hurts two years ago that I believed in this guy. And if there's any doubters out there anymore, you're not watching the game. I mean, what this young man did last night on the biggest stage of his career, is unbelievable. I got this stat from Ruben Frank from NBC Sports Philly. Jalen Hurts became the first quarterback in NFL history in the regular season, postseason, Super Bowl, any game that has ever been played in the NFL. He became the first player ever to complete 70% of his passes throw for over 300 yards with no interceptions, rush for 70 yards, and score three touchdowns. What he was able to do with his offensive line not having their best game, with really no running game at all outside of himself, with some suspect play calling at times by Shane Steichen, his stat line was historic, literally historic. No one has ever done it. He went 27 of 38 for 304 yards and a touchdown with a quarterback rating of 103.4. He had 15 carries for 70 yards on the ground with three touchdowns, and he has that two-point conversion to tie the game. But what I loved most about this performance, put the stats aside for a second. Let's look at the times where he faced adversity in this game and what he did immediately after in the Super Bowl, the biggest game that anyone could ever play as a football player. Let's look what Jalen Hurts does after adversity. He has that fumble that leads to a touchdown. On the very next drive, Hurts comes back and he leads the Eagles on a 12-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. And on that drive, he goes 45 rushing yards, including a 28-yard run on fourth and five, and then finishes the drive off with a touchdown. Then they're down 35-27 
with only nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the Eagles get the ball. What do great quarterbacks do? They put the team on their back, and they drive them down the field, and they tie that game. Not an easy thing to do. And with only nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, Jalen Hurts takes the Eagles on an eight-play, 75-yard touchdown drive and finishes it off with a two-point conversion to tie the game. And on that drive, he was three for three passing for 63 yards. He runs in the touchdown, and he runs in the two-point conversion. I mean, what else can you ask for from a franchise quarterback at only 24 years old? I mean, if there's any silver lining here, is that the Philadelphia Eagles have one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. That is no longer up for debate. I mean, there are still people out there who are questioning this young man. And if you still are questioning him, you're either an idiot or a hater. This guy is the real deal. And when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, assuming he can stay healthy, the Eagles have a chance every single season to go to the Super Bowl. It's not easy. It is not easy. It is not a foregone conclusion that they will be back here next year. It's a long season. A lot can happen. But with a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, you at least have a shot. And we're going to start breaking everything down. I'm not going to do it today, talking about the future. We're going to let this one settle for a little while. This one still stings. But I'm going to be coming to you guys every single week. We're going to start breaking down the roster. We'll look at some free agent decisions that need to be made, some aging veterans that may or may not be here. I mean, there's a lot of things that need to be done. This roster will not look the same next year, unfortunately. You know, does Jalen Hurts get his new contract? And if so, how much? You know, there's a lot of free agents on that defensive side of the ball. There's a lot of aging veterans on both sides of the ball. There's a big free agent in the backfield in Miles Sanders. You know, what do the Eagles do? So we'll break all that down for you next week. But like I said, guys, if you if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe. Follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You know, give us a review and really help us. You know, get our message out to, to more people. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok, Legal Hands of the Face. We're on Twitter, Legal Hands to the Face. Send us any questions, any topics you want us to talk about. This one's going to hurt. This one's going to hurt. Just know I'm hurting too. We're in this together. But the beautiful part about the NFL is we get to pick ourselves up and do it again next year. Talk to you guys soon.